Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another fantastic interview by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Tia, and I hope that you all are caught up on the Loki series because I have the writer and executive producer with me today, Michael Waldron. How are you? Good, good. Glad to be here. Awesome. So on top of doing the Loki series, writing for Rick and Morty, you're also writing uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. You have the upcoming Heels project, a Star Wars project with Kevin Feige. So I think my initial question is, is there anything that you can't do? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's plenty. I can't. Uh, let's see. I don't have an, I don't have enough time to do stuff around the house, and I'm just always doing press. No, not much time to write these days. A lot of, a lot of, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just going to transition full time uh, interviewee. Um, I could imagine that. Uh, I could imagine after all this that your agent is just like, all right, here, here, and this, this, this outlet. So, yeah, but I mean you're a hot commodity to th these days and you absolutely deserve to be because the uh -huh. Loki show was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you so much. No, I I've been, I've been so fortunate uh, with these opportunities and I've, I've benefited from uh, being surrounded by great collaborators, you know, that, that make, make my writing look, look way better than it is. So I've, I've, <laughs> Um, so I have to ask, you know, congrats, first of all, actually, let me say congratulations on an epic first season of the Loki series. Should, are you coming back for the second season to write for them? Time will tell. Time will tell. Okay. Well, as far as the first season goes, I mean, I'm sure that you've answered this on other outlets before, but can you walk me through the process of, you know, how you created this epic story personally? Um, I mean, it, it was a process of first kind of figuring out the emotional arc of, of this thing and, and laying out the roadmap for the season emotionally, wh where it was going to go with Loki. And, and then after we had that locked in, then we had to do the really miserable work, which was basically figuring out the time travel aspect. And that, that took several weeks of just okay, how does time work in this show? What does the TVA do? And, and really just creating this time bureaucracy um, out of thin air. Uh, so the, the devil was, was definitely in the details on, on this show. When you were given this project, were you told that there were certain parameters that you had to play within or were you essentially given free range to write whatever you felt like writing? Yeah, we 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 could do whatever. There, there's there's no cap on your imagination over at Marvel. It's it's the charge is only you're doing the Loki show. Make the Loki show as cool as it can possibly be, and and trust that it will it will fit organically in with everything else in the MCU. 
So Tom Hiddleston has played a Loki uh, for the past 10 years or so, and he's such a fan favorite, and we've seen such an amazing arc for him already within the movie universe. Um, what drew you to want to tell this separate story of this character? Um, I mean, it's, he's such a, was such a lovable rascal, I guess. <laughs> like, like if, you know, obviously Tom just makes the character so likable. Um, and you're, he's a character that you're constantly rooting for him to just do the right thing, do the right thing, even though you know uh, he's going to follow that up with a, with a backstab. Um, and I, I just think there's such a vulnerability to Loki. Um, maybe more so than many of the other characters in the MCUs. And, and so I've always just connected with him. Um, again, that's a testament to Tom's performance. And, and so, yeah, it's, it, it felt like the coolest opportunity in the world. What I particularly loved about the Loki series, of course, um, Loki and Sylvie had a great connection, but I would argue that Loki and Mobius really stole the show. Um, was their chemistry something always written in the script or once you saw Tom and Owen Wilson perform together, you just wanted to write more scenes where they interacted with each other? No, they, they were, you know, that, that was, that was there from the beginning in the script. You know, we, we, it was important to me that, that before Loki could maybe fall romantically for someone in, in Sylvie, that, that he had to first make a friend. Right. And that in a lot of ways, that, that relationship might be even more intimate. Um, and, and so that, you know, that was the relationship with Mobius. And, and then of course, we cast Owen, who has such such a great performer and has such amazing chemistry with Tom. That just took all that stuff to the next level. And I have to ask is, was there any point in the script um, that Mobius got his jet ski? Because we were all really rooting for him to get that jet ski. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you, 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 gotta, you, you gotta keep a carrot out there dangling for the audience. That is true. <laughs> I've got to give them some reason to tune in. And what what was the inspiration between um, having this really spiritual connection that kind of turned romantic connection between Loki and Sylvie? Um, because you could see the show working towards it. And so when it happened in the final episode, I mean, for me personally, I kind of said, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but some people were like, oh, they're two variants of each other. So, I mean, where was the inspiration for that? We just thought it was cool. <laughs> uh, and, it, and it was different. And, it, and it's the sort of thing that you can only do in a story about the multiverse, you know, and, and uh, they're two variants of each other. And, and it's, it is odd. Mo Mobius says, Mobius is like, oh my God, you, you incredible seismic narcissist. It uh, kind of makes sense that Loki would, of course, fall for another version of himself. Yeah, absolutely. But I, but I think going even beyond that part, it, it, it's that it was the right emotional story for Loki and, and that you know, as he softens 
in seeing Sylvie and in getting to know her better, he, it's a way for him to sort of fall in love with himself, literally and figuratively. Because at the start of the show, I think he hates himself. Yeah. In a way, he assesses himself as a villain to Mobius. And, and Sylvie is a literal mirror that helps him, you know, see who he is in a, in a different light. Um, and in seeing what she's overcome, he can also think about what he's overcome. And, and it, I just think it's, uh, yeah, for, for, for many reasons, it just felt like a, the, the right way to go. I personally loved it. And speaking about the journey that Loki takes in his growth, I mean, in the final episode, uh, we have this tug and pull between Loki and Sylvie, what's the correct thing to do? And I was really surprised that Loki was coming from this genuine place of maybe we should think this through. Not necessarily that he wants the throne or whatever, he just wants to think it through. So, I mean, was again, was that always in the script or as you kept writing, you said, let's flip this and make it where Loki has this truly non-selfish moment. I mean, and these endings are always evolving, but, but we wanted, what we wanted to do kind of from the beginning, this is an idea that came from one of our producers, Stephen Broussard, was, was that in the end, he who remains would weaponize free will right. against Loki and Sylvie. The very thing that they've been striving for, he would use against them to break them apart. And so from there, I was just figuring out, you know, how exactly that would go down. Right. And speaking about he who remains, it was so cool seeing Jonathan Majors pop up in that season finale. Um, were you always able to grab Jonathan Majors for the finale or was that something that came last minute or, you know, what was the decision there to include him? We, I mean, I think we have definitely written, you know, gotten down the road on the drafts as we were casting him. Um, so we had a good idea of, of the characterization, what we knew. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off, my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Is that it was just going to take an absolutely phenomenal actor to, to sell this thing because so much of the finale really was going to hang on the shoulders of, of a performance of this guy that the audience hadn't met before delivering a lot of exposition, uh, <laughs> which as I say it out loud, seems insane. Uh, but when, when we cast Jonathan, it was suddenly, it was like, wow, we, you know, we knew that he, that he was not just going to be able to sell it. He was going to, he was going to make it even better than we ever thought it could be. Yeah. I saw so many reactions online saying that Jonathan Majors was an absolute standout in the finale. And it was really cool because we know that in, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, Quantumania, that he's playing Kang the Conqueror. 
So it was really cool to see him play another version. I love the little tease that you had him say where he said um, something along the lines of, you think I'm bad, you should see my variants. Um, were, did you write that with the idea in mind that you knew that he's going to play Kang the Conqueror in the movie universe? Absolutely. It, it, it was always he, he who remains from very, very early on, certainly when I first sat down to write episode six, I knew that, you know, that would, that that was a version, that was a variant of Kang the Conqueror, and, and that what the TVA was trying to do was, was prevent uh, an infestation of Kangs uh, in the multiverse. Yeah, and it was just, so utterly cool i mean visually also the finale was amazing um what i thought that you did really well with this series is every episode felt like an episode it felt very episodic um where wandavision and the falcon and the winter soldier while being fantastic shows did feel as if they were meant to be more so movies that were just broken up into episodes. Would you say that your background in writing for Rick and Morty and writing Heels really prepared you to write this sort of episodic uh, series? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it, sure it helped. I mean, it, it, that, was, that was absolutely a deliberate choice. I, it was important to me that every episode stood alone. And every episode, I, I think great TV, each episode sort of feels like a short story that mm -hmm. when put together is, is, is a rich, fulfilling overall narrative. Um, of course, there's, uh, you know, there's stuff like Stranger Things where that maybe that's not the case, but it works great. But, but in our case, I wanted each episode to, to really standalone and and yeah com coming from rick and morty where, where every episode feels very different from the last that that helped right and um which my thoughts that i remaining well first i actually want to ask i know that you said only time will tell but do you have any ideas like stewing in your head for where you'd want to go for a second season of loki um we'll see okay <laughs> i don't want to pry too much um remaining in the marvel universe while i still have you i of course uh have to ask about working on doctor strange in the multiverse of madness i mean how was that when you were tapped to come in as a writer and then work alongside sam raimi and benedict cumberbatch i mean what should we expect for the sequel um that was a blast that was a that was a the you know experience of a lifetime and uh we we had a great time writing that developing and writing that movie last year and then shooting it over in london you know at the end of last year and the top of this year and it was great you know sam's an incredible director uh the cast is unreal on that movie so um yeah it's a, it's a hell of a ride and I, of course, don't want to put you in the position to spoil anything, but how would you, I'm sorry? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> um, how would you say that this sequel differs from the first movie? Um, I think that, that Stephen Strange has been through so much 
you know, between that first movie and now, you know, that, that first movie was an incredible origin story um, of how he became a sorcerer. Uh, but now he's, he's been through that. He's fought Thanos and he's on the other end of it. Uh, and he's, you know, kind of at the height of his powers. And, and so it's an interesting place to, to catch up with him. I see a lot of people teasing online where they say, you know, in WandaVision, Wanda was messing with reality. We have Loki obviously messing with the timeline uh, and people are kind of teasing that Stephen Strange is just going to sit there and be exasperated about the whole thing. I mean, will we get at least a scene where uh, Doctor Strange just sits there for a moment and is like, why am I dealing with this? <laughs> Will, will we get the meme? Yeah, exactly. Going around, I think I think Benedict's great at, at, at selling the you know kind of that that Harrison Ford like oh god here we go again uh, thing. So so yeah, ho hopefully we'll, we'll get a little bit of that energy. I am hoping for that. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and I. One last thing with the Marvel Universe, I mean, it must have felt great that you're writing the Loki series where you're messing with the timeline, and now you get to see what that leads to in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I mean, how was that just kind of writing these two stories that feel as if they should obviously connect? Um it was good, except for all the times in writing Loki that we were like, well, that'll be Dr. Strange 2's problem. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's... <laughs> and then suddenly it's your problem. Um, no, it's, it's great to, to get to just continue to, to expand the MCU, you know, and, and to just get to lay another brick in that, you know, that amazing ongoing story. Um, it's, it's a privilege. That's awesome. Um, Michael, while I still have a little bit of time left with you, uh, you do have another project coming out that has nothing to do with Marvel, which is, but also equally as exciting. It's called Heels. Um, I'd love if you could take a moment to talk about it so that our audience can also get hyped about the show. Yes, Heels, uh, coming to stars August 15th. Um, it's, there's no time travel. There's no multiverse. I'm so sorry, or you're welcome, uh, <laughs> depending on how you feel about that stuff. It's a, it's a family drama about professional wrestling um, in, in small town, Georgia. It's a, it's a show about people sort of chasing their dreams on the indie wrestling circuit. Um, and, you know, it's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a show about wrestling. What more could you ask for? Is that something that you have always been interested in or maybe have uh, dove into recently and said, I have to write for a show like this? Yeah. I mean, I, I grew up a huge wrestling fan uh, that, that was like, you know, I, I wasn't a big comics fan, actually. I, I was just, I loved wrestling from the time I was a little kid. And I think that's, really inform my own storytelling sensibilities and yeah so i you know as far back i think as 2013 when i first wrote the first draft of the pilot i just always knew it i, I thought it'd be cool to tell a story set in that world 
That's awesome. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. And I know that we have a ton of like huge wrestling fans in our fan base. So that's really cool. Um, one last question before I let you go, because you're super busy. Um, besides all the things that I named off that you're working on, is there anything else that we should be looking out that you're involved in? Um, I guess that's it. There's a little, a little space movie down the line somewhere, but uh, that's a ways off. We don't have any information about the Star Wars project just yet. That's a space movie. <laughs> Alrighty, I'll, I'll definitely bug you for that probably later down the line. But um, Michael, again, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Loki was awesome. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is going to be awesome. And Heels is going to be awesome. So um, just try and drink water in between each of your interviews. Cause I know that you're just interviewing away constantly, but again, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Have a cool. good day. You too. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.